If you're a Disney Plus subscriber and you're watching The Mandalorian, Jack and I have a podcast for you. Every week, we'll discuss the latest episode of The Mandalorian and talk about other great content and maybe some not-so-great content on Disney Plus as well. As two lifelong Star Wars fans, we have a ton of fun geeking out over all the little details of the show, and we want you to join us every Monday. So search for Disney Plus Reviews. That's Disney P-L-U-S Reviews. Hey, Phil, how about that, Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda says, What's the podcast? Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that hopes heaven doesn't have quite so many feathers, it's Sifpa. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most weekends or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks! Patrons get those perks! Glitter. <laughs> I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and I'll play whatever instrument he wants me to at his funeral. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. Kazoo, please. Oh, you got it. You got it. Each Thanks, week we'll buddy. chat about uh, movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Does I just that think mean it's, you plan on me dying before I was going to say, that just means I'm being pretty optimistic about my lifespan at this point. Uh, if I'm, I'm going to outlive you. Either that or I'm living life on the edge. That's right. You never know what I'm going to right. go. I think I'm, I should technically be about a decade closer to death than you are, but uh, we'll, we'll see how all that all that goes. Uh, we've got a really fun show today. Thank you for joining us through the podcast, Sif uh, Pop in your podcast player, or at YouTube through the live show every Sunday afternoon. We appreciate hanging out with you live, taking comments, all that kind of stuff. Mark in the chat saying, hey, there are several others watching live. Feel free to uh, throw those comments up in front of us. We do see them and read them and appreciate them. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, lots of stuff today. We've got two reviews. One, uh, The War with Grandpa. Uh, De Niro film came out. Anybody notice? There's a De Niro film out. Uh, and then we're also going to talk about Dick Johnson is Dead from Netflix. Uh, that is a documentary that also came out. So we're going to talk about those. We've, of course, got our buried treasure. We've got a best ever challenge on movies with the word war in the title, which there are plenty. Um, so we're going to do all of that. Or could be hidden in another word. That is important to note. It is important yeah. to note. It doesn't have to be the actual word war. It could be the letters W-A-R in that order in the title anywhere. So um, that is a good distinction. Thank you for making it. Uh, we also had a great members-only pre-show that's already in the can for our amazing Sif Pop members at patreon.com slash Sif Pop. Uh, we had somebody from uh, the membership request uh, some Cobra Kai talk. So we talked a little bit about seasons one and two of Cobra Kai and what we're thinking about for season three. Uh, again, if you are a Sif Pop member, it should be there for you at uh, at the Patreon, patreon.com slash Sif Pop, or in your own personalized podcast feed. I think uh, sometimes uh, people don't realize with your membership there at Patreon, you get a special link that you can put in your podcast player, and it just operates like a regular podcast, but you get the bonus episodes. So uh, kind of fun that way. Um, so yeah, we're excited to talk about all that stuff. Andrew, you doing all right? How's everything oh, I'm going? I'm living the dream. Yeah, yeah I'm doing good. I'm ready to get this show on the road. All things considered, I think we we are doing we are doing good. It is yeah. It is a tumultuous year. I don't know if anybody else has noticed. In uh, a tumultuous time, seems to happen around November-ish every four years. Who knows why? I'm trying to figure it out. Just seems like every four years around this time gets a little crazy and people start yelling at each other uh quite a bit but uh <laughs> I, I do want to say this the the one positive i have noted from this year the fact i don't watch tv much anymore 
I don't have to see campaign commercials. Right. And it's it's euphoric whenever you think about it. Like, oh, we used to live in a time when that's all there was this time yeah. of year. Just campaign yeah. commercials. And they were awful. Whether they were berating a, a, a competitor or they were mm-hmm. trying to do the, the same BS that, you know, every single politician throws out. This is why you should choose me. I'm a down-to-earth kind of guy, you know? And I, just, I hate We could have all... a beer at the local pub, you and yeah, me, and we'll talk about so... that awful other person. <laughs> they're all so cringeworthy, and I just, I don't have to deal with them. And that's my one, like, thing I can look at 2020, and I'm like, you know what? That's one thing you've done right. I don't have to deal with that. I avoided the political ads. Yeah. Avoided them. Well done. Everything else, though, it's on fire. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into it. We've got a couple reviews to do. Uh, let's kick it off by talking about Dick Johnson is dead. Just the idea that I might ever lose this man is too much to bear. He's my dad. Let's start walking. Just start walking to me. That's fantastic. I suggested we make a movie about him dying. <laughs> he said yes. She kills me multiple times. Action! The resurrected dad. Yeah, the resurrected <laughs> dad. <laughs> As her father nears the end of his life, filmmaker Kirsten Johnson stages his death in inventive and comical ways to help them both face the inevitable. Uh, this is a documentary on Netflix. Uh, a lot of great documentaries coming out this year. I've really been enjoying them. And uh, and I'm curious to know how you felt about this one. What did you think, Andrew? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I'm going to go with it's okay. Okay. I'm much higher than you then. I'm on the low side of loved it. I, I really enjoyed this documentary. Um, I found it genuinely moving. And uh, I really I really liked the vulnerability of it. I liked the I, I never I wasn't really bored during it, which I was wondering if no. if I would be. I was I was definitely engaged. I also thought it was interesting how I'm just kind of going right into some of my positive thoughts. Hey, go for it, man. Go for it. You love it. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I mean, I do have some issues with it, but overall, I really I loved how she as a director was both. She was almost doing three things here. And correct me if I'm wrong. One is she's being very contemplative about a very personal tragedy that's happening in her life again. She's repeating a tragedy in her life of a parent who is uh, going through dementia, losing their ability to remember things, who people are. Uh, This is uh, something that has directly happened in my life, not with my parents, but with my parents' parents, and I've watched them go through this. Um, you know, I've, I've watched that experience and kind of what that does with, with my grandma specifically. And so, you know, there's, there's kind of that personal tragedy aspect, uh, to it. So number one, she's doing that, which already is powerful to me and already is, um, I think admirable. So there's an admirable, you know, part to what she's doing here. She's also doing a comedy bit about, about her dad actually dying in different ways other than dementia deterioration and so there are these segments where she will stage and i don't want to give all of them away but uh i'll just i'll do the first one because i think it's actually on like the artwork and stuff um and so it's you know it's not a huge giveaway it's not like a huge spoiler story spoiler or anything anyway but the like the first one is he he gets crushed by a falling air conditioner right like a window unit air conditioner and it's just stuff like that where they are filming very realistically as realistically as they can 
her father's death by all these different ways as a way to kind of process comedically the inevitability of death. And so there's that part of it, which also turns into reality in some interesting ways. Like there, there are these moments where the play acting gets a little too real to people who are play acting. And those were some of my favorite moments. So there's that second thing. And then the third thing I think she's doing is showing off what a skilled uh, visual technician she is. Like there's, there's these incredible uh, high frame rate, slow motion scenes of, you know, falling glitter that we talked about or the feathers or kind of these heaven scenes. And then there's these other sped up scenes that are kind of more hell scenes, but they relate directly to her father's thoughts. And she's really speaking with the camera in some interesting ways, too. And I saw so much of her talent and how she tied that into her mom in some ways because her mom was a visual storyteller through photographs. And so, I don't know, man, those three things were enough to put it in the loved it category for me because all of those three things somehow working together to kind of talk about what's going on in her life, I was I was really compelled. I found it a very compelling watch. Um, yeah. So I had a good time. Um, do you agree, disagree with any of that? Like, what, what are some of your... Uh- like Thoughts. I agree, I agree with everything you just said. Your your points are perfectly worded and said. Uh, my problem with this, and not to, I'm not just here to negate you. I want you Do to it. know I did think this was okay, <laughs> but there were parts of this where I'm I was watching this and uh, either one or two thoughts was going through my head. Either is this healthy okay. to be doing this? That's a valid you know? question. Yes, because uh, I. And far be it from me to tell somebody how to mourn or cope with death, you know, to each his own in that regard. But me watching this, I'm going, I don't know if I would consider this healthy. And because of that, it made me think, who is this for? Is she making this for a wide audience or is she making this for herself? That's a valid question as well. Yeah. Yeah. So um, while watching it, I felt almost intrusive, you know, like, Mm -hmm. if this isn't for me, it's for her, then I shouldn't be watching this, because this is a deeply personal thing, but at the same time, she is showing it to the world. Um, There are parts of it, you know, that everybody, uh, that I think uh, many people can relate to, and that is where a good portion of this movie, or documentary is, and it's where it's talking about how dementia affects family members, mm-hmm. how it affects the person who's going through it, you know. Those are the parts that I was actually, you know, like, intrigued by. It wasn't so much the uh, the staging, the fake deaths, or anything like that. Uh, towards a, uh, there's a, there's a part in it that involves uh, a whole bunch of people going along, like, play, play acting, I guess you could say without me trying to give it away. Sure. But it gets really real for a person. And and yes, they they agreed to do it, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't know if that was the best thing for them, you know, to this, go through. This is a hugely valid question. Uh, I had a lot of the same thoughts. I'm going to ask you one follow-up question and then kind of give some yeah, other thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so would you at any point use the word cringe? In kind of your reaction to it, like, did it did, did it kind of have that same reaction of I don't know that I want to be watching this, you know? Like, is that no, what you're it saying? Was, yeah, I don't know if it was cringe. It was more 
empathy for the people going through it as opposed to like, oh, I don't feel comfortable. Okay. It was it was more sorrowful than uncomfortable. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that but, makes sense. Th- but I could totally get if somebody said, yeah, this is very cringy having to watch g- uh, just that particular scene. I think that the rest of it is enough slapstickish that, you know, I, I think it gets away with it. Well, no, no, I take that back because there's a couple scenes where like, uh, he's walking around and mm-hmm. he's got like blood on him and stuff. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, what? I, I, I don't feel comfortable with this. It, it just, and feels... he didn't feel comfortable with it. Like yeah, you he could didn't tell feel... it was really bothering him. And those are, the, those are some of those scenes in this movie that you do. You start to question, like, if this were me, would I be making this movie? And yeah. I, I don't know how that impacts our ability to call the movie good or bad, or should you watch it or shouldn't you? Yeah. But I do know what you're saying. Um, and th- okay. That, I lied. There was actually three thoughts that went through my head um, while he's doing these scenes because it's stated in the movie he's a psychiatrist yes. by trade. That's his job. So I don't know if this was a psychiatrist saying that this is a an an abstract or a, an obscure way of going through grief, or if this is an old man trying to do something that he thinks will make his daughter happy, even though he may not think it to be the healthiest thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I it, There is this interesting thing we do as humans, and I'm right there with you, where we... I, it's, it's actually one of our best qualities and one of our worst qualities, depending on how we use it, but we have the ability to put ourselves in other people's shoes. And, and we need to do that more, honestly. That's what empathy is. And so when you're watching something like this, you do become aware of the, uh, oh, that's okay syndrome, maybe mm-hmm. with him, where it's like, yeah, he's doing it because he knows he wants his, his, he wants to please his daughter. Yeah. Um, but is he really okay with it? Like, I, those are completely valid questions, but at the same time, they're also not our questions, right? Like, it's not, yes. it's not my responsibility to answer that question. It is her responsibility to answer that question, and it is his responsibility to answer that question. And so I think at some point, because we are outside that situation, we just trust that they have genuinely had the conversations they need to have to do mm-hmm. this. And if they haven't, then there are consequences for them and for their relationship. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you. I think it's a natural human thought to have. But personally, I usually come to the place where it's like, well, you know, how can I judge? I don't know. I wasn't there for all the off screen. All I'm seeing is what's on the screen. And so, um, but yeah, I definitely hear hear exactly what you're saying. I will say yeah. as, an, as another positive to shift the, the subject just slightly, although I did have some things to say about that. But I'll get back to it. But I wanted to say this because I'm thinking of it. Uh, and, and I am getting older and having a harder time holding on to things in my brain. Uh, I love Dick Johnson. I think he is so precious. I, I, every moment he's on screen, I was falling in love with him. I just, his, his smile, his laugh, Mm -hmm. the way he interacted with his first college crush was just so cute and sweet. And I just, I, I, to me, that may be the main success of the film is just showing the life in the because she even says something at one point, and I apologize again. I, I will be giving away specific things f- uh, from a documentary. We kind of toe the line, you know, with spoilers and documentaries uh, a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. But she does say something about her mom at one point when she shows the video she has of her mom, and the only video she's ever shot of her mom was after her mom had kind of gone through dementia and was already, quote-unquote, gone or lost um, in yeah. that way. And so there's this element of what she's doing with her dad 
that is capturing the the lively fun part of him before he goes away and that i felt it i felt that that's what she wanted to emphasize right like i could feel it every time he was on camera how how she was showing me how full of life he is and how fun he is and and that kind of stuff so that was a huge plus for me because i really like him as a i, I liked how he was presented as a person you know what i what i got to know of him uh, in this documentary so that was a big plus for me uh, as well yeah. yeah he is a precious cherishable man <laughs> yeah yeah, and full in in I, I you know full of hope and optimism and there's at one yeah. point where she mentioned something about you know would you want to die before this happened and he said something along the lines of no I just love life too much yeah and I'm just like oh I feel you man I love you like you know I love that kind of optimism and hope and even knowing you're about to you know kind of lose your ability to think lose your ability to have cognitive clarity and. Uh, anyhow, I, this, this is a, a documentary that definitely makes you feel things and think things. And I think overall, that's generally a good thing. Yeah. Do you think it's the, 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 uh, what would you say? It's the thing where he is a psychiatrist, yet he is so full of life because that's the type of person that has to deal with, uh, a lot of dark things, you know, being told to them all the time. And for him to still have that optimism and love and hope for life is just rare i think that's very possible i think that's that's very very possible um yeah yeah i think so um the thing i was going to say about your uh comments about being uncomfortable with how personal it is i think that's very valid i will say it's it's also one of the reasons i love it is because it's so personal um and i i think there's a vulnerability i often talked about this being in the public eye and you've been through this too being in the public eye and understanding when people are looking at you, they are judging you. That's just how we are yeah. as humans. And you know, people are wondering what is what does he think about this, or why is he sharing this, or all those kind of things. And uh, I've been on enough radio shows and and podcasts, and you know, like content production is part of what I do. I put myself out there quite a bit, but I've had those conversations both within my family uh, and within my co-hosts uh, sometimes to say how much of my life do I give to content production? How much of who I am do I allow to be seen? And uh, I don't feel a responsibility to be transparent. Uh, a lot of times we'll use about the, the word transparent, like the idea of you can see everything. See, my this is me, my life, what I think, what I believe. I don't think I owe anybody that. That's not something that I, I owe anybody to tell them my thoughts on a particular thing, except maybe whatever movie's coming out that week. Maybe I owe you that. But uh, I don't. I don't owe you my thoughts on everything. I don't owe you a look into my uh, every bit of my family life, all that kind of things. But I do like to be a fully rounded human being, and I do want us to be this kind of friend, right? It's a different kind of friend. It's not, you know, necessarily somebody, you know, like we said earlier. I go have a beer at the pub with or whatever. But it is. It is a friend. You're just a down to the earth guy. <laughs> I'm just a down to earth guy. That's just who I am. Uh, but I, I do want this relationship between us to be real enough that you can see who I am as a human. So I like to use the word, um, and it's taken on new meaning since the boys, but translucent. I like to use the word, you know, the idea that I don't have to be transparent. I can be translucent. I can show you, yeah. I can let the light shine through of who I am, what my life is like in honest ways, but I don't have to show you the, the entire picture. I can keep some stuff for myself. Um, and, find, and finding that balance was an interesting part of this documentary in a way that really meant something to me that maybe won't really mean a lot to everybody. 
But there was also that part of it that you're talking about that, you know, uh, resonated with me as a content provider, as a host, as a, you know, public persona at whatever, whatever level I, I am of that. Uh, there is an element of that in my life. And so uh, that kind of part spoke to me a little bit, too. So that's probably another reason I, I came away thinking from, you know, about it quite a bit uh, yeah. in that realm. So, yeah, I, I definitely had a lot to say about this one. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely out of all the documentaries I've watched. It definitely has its own tune uh, because I don't think that there's many documentaries that want to really touch this subject or if they do they don't go about it in this way it's a very unique way of you know looking at death and uh coping with loss and stuff like that it's our second movie to almost cope and deal with the exact same issue in completely different ways the relic the relic it's really i thought about the relic while watching this right it really is the exact same idea it is a a creator coping with the idea of dementia, the idea of losing uh, an elderly loved one, and then presenting that to us in different formats. One, a horror movie uh, about a you know a decrepit house, and another, a documentary about the joy of a father that you you don't want to lose. And it's I that it to that to me that's the beauty of storytelling. That's the beauty of art is that we can feel these things together and express them in different ways and hear each other and you know what each other are feeling. So. So yeah, it's, I found that interesting too that we had just seen the relic recently. Um, yeah, or however recent, you know, seven years ago, earlier this year, however long, <laughs> however, however long ago. It feels it like it, man. It feels like. Ah, uh, good stuff. Recommend from me, uh, Andrew. What would you say? Would you recommend it to whom? Would you recommend it? Uh, people who are. I don't think it's a recommend to everybody because I think you have to be careful about. The type of person you recommend. If you know that a person is very uncomfortable with death or is, you know, I don't even know if I could recommend this to somebody who is going through something like this. If it might get, yes, it's a documentary, but it might get too real for them. If they're, if they're like a particular person in this documentary that it deals with, uh, I don't know if I could recommend it to them. I don't think that's fair to them. Yeah. No, I, I hear what you're saying for sure. For sure. Yeah. But I liked it. Very good. It's just, uh, I'm just, but I'm still leaning on okay. One final thing for me. Uh, there is one element of this that almost makes me want to do a Sif spoil. Uh, and that is towards the end of this movie. I don't think it's enough to really do a full Sif spoil. So if you don't mind, Andrew, I'm yeah. going to pay attention to the clock. And I'm going to give us three minutes to talk about uh, the end of this movie. And so okay. if you are, if you do not want to hear... Something that happens again in this documentary uh, towards the end. And I will repeat, I think it is worth saving this for you because it's a part of the experience. Um, We're going to talk about it for about three minutes. And I'll make sure we wrap up in the next three minutes so you can fast forward three minutes from now. Uh, So at the end of this movie, uh, I am asking the question that everybody who's watching this movie is asking. Do we get to find out is Dick Johnson actually truly dead by the end of this you know when does she lose him and the movie uh puts in front of you a date and then an ambulance ride and Mm -hmm. it feels very real right now the movie has also been playing with you all movie on fake death scenarios but this one feels like the 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 creator of the movie is wanting you to wonder if this is real that they're definitely doing that on purpose 
Mm-hmm. And uh, and so it is then making you think and feel things that may or may not be real, which is interesting because, like you talked about earlier, we go to the funeral scene, and for the first few minutes of the funeral scene, we don't know if it's a real funeral or a fake funeral. In fact, I think we're led to believe it's a real funeral. That's where the at least the movie is trying to to take us. How are you feeling through that? I was, because uh, there's a scene earlier in the documentary where it shows him, you know, laying in the coffin and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, is it going to be the same coffin? You know, is he going to be wearing the same suit and anything? So once I saw that it was the same coffin and everything like that, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is part of the uh, the Me previously too. staged. Me too. But um, I do think that he's still alive. Uh if you're asking, do I think that he's still alive at the end of this documentary? Yes, because at the very, very end, it shows the born, and then they said like 1932, and then the dash, and it was still blank. Right. right. No, so no, no, no. I, I know, I know, I know. The resolution of the documentary is that he's. So, is are still you alive. asking if I thought that the ambulance ride was real? Correct. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I, think I, it was. I thought it was. I don't think it is now, though. Oh, really? I think that was one of the one of the many ways they staged uh, his death. But he wasn't. Yeah, but the thing is, and all those I know. others, I know he was there. I know. I I think it's a really interesting uh, moment for the movie because I I don't think that. I, so you're saying you believe he had a real another heart episode and that was a real ambulance trip, but he survived it. That's what that's what you think actually happened. Yes. Okay. We could probably look it up somewhere. I was under the impression that at that point we were um, completely. Once I knew it was staged. But anyways, that funeral kind of, you know, that is that is that moment that kind of lets a lot of that stuff become deeper. Um, we got uh-huh. about 20 seconds before our three minutes is up. So that's that's going to kind of wrap up the spoiler talk. But I thought that was worthy of at least Absolutely. having a conversation about because it's such an important part of your experience of this film. And I think what she's trying to do there is is really interesting and uh, mm-hmm. in many ways important to what she's trying to say. So welcome back to uh, to all of our. Uh, all non-spoiler people who uh, went forward three minutes. Uh, you did good. <laughs> you did very, very good. Uh, all right. We're going to head into uh, the next one. If, if you're good, Andrew, you good on that? Yeah. All right. No very cool. Uh, we are going to head into the war with Grandpa. This can't keep happening. You're not putting me in a home. What if it were our home? Grandpa! Jenny! Hi, Grandpa. Hello, sweetheart. How's your daughter's place at? She gave me my grandson's room. He's not too happy about it. How do you like your room? Kid looking. I didn't want it to be this way either. I just want my room back. Get away from me! Oh, come on. I want to put up with this, Pete. I demand my room back or else it's war. Declaration of war. Give me back what is mine face the consequences. Peter and his grandpa used to be very close, but when Grandpa Jack moves in with the family, Peter is forced to give up his most prized possession, his bedroom. Peter will stop at nothing to get his room back, scheming with friends to devise a series of pranks to drive him out. However, Grandpa doesn't give up easily, and it turns into an all-out war between the two. Uh, This is... A movie near and dear to our hearts here at Sif Point. What a Sif Point? That's a new thing. Sif Pop. Uh, Where? Sif <laughs> Point coming soon to the Sif yeah. Pop Podcast Network. Uh, no, we. This is a movie near and dear to our hearts here. Why you may ask? Because one of our friends and co-hosts is in this movie. Yeah, uh, he is. Josh. I saw him. Yeah, Josh and his he brother is the Jeremy. EMT, wouldn't he? Yeah, they're the EMTs yeah. that that come in uh, at one point. 
uh, during this movie. And so uh, Josh, I think when he is hosted on Civ Pop with us, has because this movie's been in the can a while. We were talking with Josh about him wrestling with Robert De Niro like, two what, years ago. Y- two years ago, yeah. yeah. It's it's been a long time. It took a global pandemic to get this movie to release. <laughs> it's, yeah, you know. So um, so yeah. So it's very near and dear to our hearts. So we thought we'd check it out and give it a review. I did reach out to Josh uh, to see if he uh, wanted to pass on any thoughts or come on. He said he does. He probably will come on later. To talk about it, uh, once he has had a chance, he is currently, you may not know this, he is currently directing his second feature film. Um, he, Wait, what? Yeah. he. No way! Yeah, he, he has uh, written uh, a movie called Squat, and I, I by the way, I had a little inside, I read the script, it's good, uh, but they are filming for the next two weeks, and uh, his brother is, it's starring his brother and some others, and looks really good. If you follow awesome. him on Twitter... Or the Nether region uh, on Twitter, which is his uh, content uh, kind of outlet, uh, you will see like daily updates on the shooting, all that kind of stuff. But it looks really nice. So it took me a, I'm not gonna lie, it took me a split second to remember Nether region is what he his handle. So when I when you said, do you follow his Nether region? I'm like, Wait, uh, uh, Aaron, not, re- uh, not, not you, lately. You do know you do know we're live, like on the internet yeah. right now, man. Like, yeah, yeah. Anyhow, but I think that that's what Josh wants. He yes. wants that. He wants that joke to it's be memorable. Made, so. It's memorable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're reviewing this, uh, and please, please remember right off the bat. Any of our opinions on this movie have nothing to do with our opinions on Josh as a friend or a human being. Uh, so just just as we are, kind of go into are, it, <laughs> are you are you kind of leaking your thoughts about this well, movie? Well, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Uh, what did you think, Andrew, about the war with Grandpa? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or was just okay? There are 30 seconds of this movie that I absolutely love. <laughs> it, but Funny unfortunately, enough. the movie is longer than 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, I, I really did not like this movie. No, I didn't like it it's either. Not, it's not made for me, though. Correct. You know? That is a solid point. It's not made point. for me. Correct, correct. Yeah, I did not have a good time with this. There are moments, as you mentioned, that, yeah. I, that I think are great. Um, or if not great, at least fun and, and funny. There are running gags in this that I appreciated, actually. I'll, yeah. I'll say that. There are yeah. running gags with Uma Thurman and a cop that I, I liked. I'm like, you know what? I like that you can keep coming back to that. I, I also, I'm on a Rob Riggle kick right now. I love Rob Riggle. I think he's hilarious. Uh, he doesn't yeah. get a ton to do here, but he's all, funny as always. Um, Holy Moly is the funniest show on TV. I don't care what you say. Uh, I laughed so hard at that show. Um, they did two full hour specials after the Holy Moly season, and it was just Rob Riggle being absolutely drop dead hilarious. Uh, so the anyhow, fullest I of Riggles. Yes, yes, full Riggle. Uh, yeah, you mentioned Uma Thurman's in this, Christopher Walken's in this, uh, yeah. Jane Seymour. Jane Seymour, uh, Dr. Hanging Quinn. Out here. Yeah, so uh, there's certainly a cast here. Cheech Marin shows and Cheech up. Cheech Marin's in this too. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, and of course, Mr. Robert De Niro himself, uh, but uh, it, it really is one of those movies that set out to do a thing and did the thing, but it just wasn't the thing that I was interested in watching. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it just, it, it doesn't feel poorly executed. It feels executed the way it wanted to be. It just, it wasn't for me. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a kid's movie that just stars a whole bunch of really famous, mature adult actors who are known for doing mature adult movies but they're all doing I, it's a movie you know they all had fun making 
You mm-hmm. know, it looks like they had a blast making this movie, and I'm sure your kids will have fun with this. You know, they'll they'll get some laughs out of old people falling down. But <laughs> if that's what you want your kids to get laughs out of, yeah, yeah, it's really uh, it's kind of like it's like Home Alone, but the the Home Alone is call, calling from inside the house. You know what I mean? Like it's exactly yeah. So yeah. it's it's got kind of that feel to it uh, in many ways. Yeah. So uh, honestly, I don't have a lot to say about this one. Just for the either. simple fact that there's really not a lot to talk about because I I tried putting my headset you know in that of a kid who would enjoy this kind of thing but yeah it it was exhausting yeah it reminded me of trying to watch like one of those disney tween shows and maybe that's too yeah. harsh but it's just, no it's not but that's the experience right the experience is, yeah. is just a like what is this you know every every five minutes i'm just going this is so cheesy and so over the top and so uh, not my wavelength, you know. It's just not my wavelength. And in any time I would try to watch, you know, whatever those shows were you know, uh, back in the day, or still are, I I really don't know. That stuff was, you know, kind of after my time. But um, you know, I, I know there were a lot of them, and they and a lot of tweens and teens loved them. And but I, you know, I would watch a few minutes or whatever, and I'd just be like, "What? I, this is not for me." That's how I felt watching this movie. It was just like, "This is not for me." I'd just be rolling my eyes and just. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, it's a tough one. Yeah. Uh, and you and I, we made a vow. We would never, uh, knock kid actors, you know, Absolutely. for not being, yeah. but there are kid actors in this. Yes. Yes. They're child actors all throughout this. They're also older actors all throughout this. Um, and I, you know, everybody is doing, everybody is doing just enough to do what they need to do. Um, I'm not saying anybody's just cashing a paycheck. I'm just saying they're not... You're not saying that they're not not cashing a paycheck. (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying they probably did cash a paycheck. I'm not saying that's the only reason they're doing it. I'm just saying they did do that, uh, you know, to be in this movie. I actually don't think the acting is that bad. I just, again, think it's just what it is. Um, So, yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, I'm kind of with you. I don't have a ton to say about this. And, And I should... Let me clarify this, too, because I think some people... Uh, might wonder this uh, since we kind of gave the caveat that we do know somebody in the cast. I'm not tiptoeing around anything because of Josh. If I hated this movie, I would tell you I hated this movie. I just kind of didn't like it. You know, it's on the high side. I didn't like it. It's just, it's it's competent enough. It's just not for me. That's a valid point. This is not my worst movie of the year. No. no I don't hate this movie. It's just, I, I, I acknowledge, as I was watching, I'm like, you know what? This just one isn't for me. It's not bad. It's just for a different demographic it doesn't so i i could see kids watching this and and laughing and having a great time with it yeah there are movies that i've seen this year that i hate oh i hated some of the movies this year and uh this is it's not one of them no no i i can absolutely uh see you enjoying this i think i think for me a movie has to do a little more than this to intrigue me. It has to do a little more than this to get me on board to where I say I like it or I love it. There has to be something um, deeper than the surface. And everything here is is on the surface. The message is on the surface. It, you know, it's a, it's a message about generations and finding peace within generations. Uh, if the comedy is on the surface. It's Pratt Falls and Dodgeball. And, you know, it's just, it's like you said, old people falling down and... Uh, you know, uh, it's it's that kind of humor 
all right there on the surface. Uh, so it just everything is right on the surface, and I need more than that. I need more than a surface movie, even a competent surface movie uh, like this one. So yeah. I think that's fair enough. I don't think we have to spend a ton of time on it. Um, yeah. We both kind of feel the same way. Uh, so not a recommend. Um, but if you want a family movie that may give you a few smiles here and there, uh, certainly it could fit the bill. So yeah. it's it's definitely there for you. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and move on. But before we do, uh, another shout out to our Sif Pop members. Thank you so much for being a member of Sif Pop. We appreciate you. You really do keep it running. You keep the website running. You keep this show running. Uh, and we appreciate you for it. If you go to patreon.com slash you can check out the different membership levels. They come with different perks. Um, every single level, every single member of Sif Pop gets the bonus podcast that we record each week. Um, and those come in your own personal podcast feed. As I mentioned, uh, we talked a little bit about Cobra Kai, thanks to a question from one of our members, and uh, kind of how we're feeling about getting another season of that, and how we felt about the first two seasons. So if you're curious, interested in any of that, uh, any of the bonus podcasts, any of the other uh, content, feel free to hit up patreon.com slash siftpop, and we thank you ahead of time for even considering it. Thanks. Um, all right, let's go on to the uh, best ever challenge, Andrew. Let's uh, do it. And one thing I've been enjoying about doing the show live on YouTube is... Do it live! We're doing it live! Uh, is to, You know what? I actually just may have just scratched my throat a little bit. Uh, so if I start coughing here in a second, uh, <laughs> don't worry about me. Uh, I'm not staging some sort of uh, death scene uh, like Dick Johnson. Although I have died before. Different story for a different time, it's I'm true. sure. Um, so anyhow... We are doing best ever movies with the word war in the title. And yes, it can be hidden within other words. Now, how far do you go with that? Uh, they have to be consecutive letters. It can't be like the end of one word is W and the first two letters of the next word oh, are A-R. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because that would be next level and we're, that's not what we're doing here. But if it is in other words... Uh, then we can do it that way. And I was saying I've been enjoying doing this live because I love getting the the live comments of people's other choices that maybe we forgot or didn't remember. So if you've got a best ever movie in your book that has the word war in it, throw it in the comments. Maybe we'll throw it up at the end if we don't mention it. Um, but Andrew, you get to go go first. What is your number five? My movie number with five the word war? is the longest title for a movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> And that is the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Oh, uh, yes. Coward has the word war in it. Yeah. Very nice. Whew. It's a good movie, man. It is. Really good movie. I like Brad it. Brad Pitt is nailing it, and so is Baby Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> not Baby yeah. Ben. No, baby not brother. Baby Ben. It's yeah. Baby Brother, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we should clarify that. No, it's Casey Affleck. Mm -hmm. And uh, actually, uh, also we have... Uh, oh, help me out here. What? <laughs> Brad Pitt? You and I, we... No, not Brad Pitt. Uh, uh, we actually... It makes me think of the time we were going up to Kansas City to see another war movie, and we could not remember this guy's name. <laughs> I don't even know who <laughs> and, you're talking we were, about. No, uh, uh, Sam Rockwell. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we were driving... Uh, Way, way out of left field, I'm telling a story here. Rabbit Aaron trail and I, time. We were, yeah, Aaron and I were driving up to Kansas City to go and see another movie that had the word war in it that we're going to be talking about later. Um, and we could not remember Sam Rockwell's name. And neither, and both of us refused to look up his name. We just sat there for 15 minutes going, okay, uh, he was in... He was in Moon. He was in. He was, in, and we just kept listing movies that he was in, but we could not. But fifteen minutes, we finally, yeah. And now, it, now here it is again, Sam Rockwell. 
but no, no, Assassination of Jesse James, uh, it's a long movie, and it's, it's a slow movie, but I think that the performances and the cinematography, I think the cinematography in this movie is on a whole new level. Uh, no, it's really, really good. I highly recommend it. I am on board with you. It's in my honorable mentions. Um, I, I think there is a possibility, depending on what kind of mood you're in, of you feeling the length and tone of this movie um the, it mm-hmm. is definitely not in a hurry but yeah. i'm okay with that because i think it works for what they're doing here i think it gives the movie a texture that they're intention intentionally giving it so but just as a fair warning if you've never seen it before be ready for a an intentionally um textured paced movie uh, I think is a you know one way to say that so yeah. but it's good oh, stuff also oh yeah jeremy renner's in this too yeah he is yeah, he is. Uh, all right, my number five, uh, since it's my turn. Uh, yeah. that's where That's where I have uh, Spielberg's War of the Worlds. Honorable mention, yep. Um, I recently rewatched this. I don't know if it would have made my top five before the rewatch. I already really liked this movie, and I felt like it was kind of underrated by a lot of people that, uh, that I talked to it about, just kind of thought it was, eh, it's okay, it was this, it was that. And so I was like, well, maybe I need to revisit this. So I revisited it uh, earlier this year, decade, whatever the last uh, 10 months have been for you. And it was that joke will never get old, by the way. This year will get old, but that joke will never get old. Um, but I revisited the, uh, the movie and was blown away again. This is a fantastic tension movie. Um, this is a movie that just grabs onto you uh, and doesn't let go. Um, I think Tom Cruise is perfect for this part. I think the effects in this movie were way ahead of their time. Like, I, I watch this and I feel like the aliens are attacking and it feels real. It's not the destruction that's just meant like uh, Independence Day destruction or those kind of movies. No. Uh, or Twister where it's just like, whoa, look at the destruction. How amazing the destruction is. This is destruction that feels authentic. It feels re- environmentally real. And the reactions feel real. I, I just was I was blown away anew, and uh, it kind of confirmed for me that this is my kind of movie. Um, and so, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. Yeah, it's the it's you know Dakota Fanning, Tom Cruise, and uh, I forget who the son was, but uh, you know they're, they they would be walking down a road, and in the background you would hear one of the tripods horns. Yeah, you know, and it's just like it, it's a uh, it's a daunting, all encompassing fear. That's like, what it is. You feel you, you, you don't never feel safe in this. In this yeah, world. you put. I think you put your finger on it. There's there's the thing the movie does is instead of putting the cameras on the destruction, it puts the yeah. cameras on the people in the destruction. So there's crazy there's crazy buildings falling, all that kind of stuff. But the camera's not focused on that. That's on in the background and often a little bit like out of focus because it's like you know. So the movie has this great way of putting you in an environment that's falling apart without like forcing you to watch it in a way that look at these cool effects we're doing it's just like it feels real it feels like their world is falling apart so there's that scene where uh it's right around the the tim robbins scene where you can see like there's like lights uh, you know explosions you know over a hill you know and the sun is running towards the hill you never see what's going on on the other side of that hill you just hear you just hear it yeah and it's one of the most gripping tense scenes but you never see anything yeah yeah, no, it's good. No, it's, it's a great movie. It really is. Yeah, it really is. Um, all right, let's go on to our number fours. What do you got, Andrew? I love this movie. I think it's an amazing movie. I don't care what anybody says. I will fight to the death for the for the soul of this movie. I'm going with the Thirteenth Warrior. Oh, nice. nice. I love this movie. 
yes, I understand the cringiness of casting a guy named Ahmed to be played by Antonio Banderas. I get that. Him playing some, a Middle Eastern Persian, you know, from, uh, uh, what is this, like the 15th or 16th century. Mm-hmm. I get that. And how everybody else in this movie that is played by, uh, you know, portraying a Norseman is actually from Scandinavia. I get that. It's it's really apparent. And but everything else in this movie, the score is out. It's out of this world. I think that the use of practical effects and huge sets with hundreds and hundreds of extras is mm-hmm. incredible. I think that the it's supposed to have like a big scale to it, you know, and it's McTiernan, so of course it is. And it's based off a Michael Crichton book, which is based off actual events. So yes, you got to give it some levity as far as you know historical accuracy. But it's it's such a brilliant movie, I think. And I I a lot of people don't appreciate it as much as I do, but I truly truly love this movie. You speak your truth, man. You you yeah. you've got the platform. You speak your truth. And I'm uh, doing it, man. It's honestly, a hell I'm dying on. Honestly, I have nothing to say that would uh, negate what you said, but that's only because I don't remember a thing about this movie. I'm sure I've seen it, but uh, it's kind of one of those experiences where I just I don't remember. So, um, but yeah. man, you you go for it. You 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 tell him. You tell him, <laughs> Andrew. It's a great movie. Uh, my number four is Warrior. Um, Trump. All right, I guess I guess we're Trump and Warrior. I guess that means we're on to your number three then. Yep. All right. What's your number three? Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> well, that took forever. <laughs> I just talked about Thirteenth Warrior. I'm gonna be coughing because I'm laughing. Uh-huh, yeah. uh, why don't you? Why don't you just you know gush all over Warrior and tell people how it's one of the best sports movies of all time. It really is, and it's interesting for me, too, because if you know anything about the major differences between Andrew and I, one of them is our enjoyment of contact sports, uh, like boxing or mixed martial arts. Andrew loves okay. that stuff. Uh, I don't, um, and it's just there's something about me that doesn't like watching people get kicked and punched. I just, you know, there's yeah. a violence to it that's not appealing to me. I do want to say, though, I know you're going to what you're going to go with this, but I do want to say that's not why I love this movie. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. I Okay. It, I, and I think that's why I go there is to yeah. say you don't have to love that kind of stuff to recognize how um, how great the character story that's going on here is about these brothers and you know what there there's a little bit of Gattaca to this right like there's there's a little bit of that kind of how sibling rivalry kind of presents itself in different ways. Um, I never would have made that connection, but yeah, I totally see what you're saying. Yeah, it's kind of got a lot of those same themes, and I love those themes. I think they're, you know, they're beautiful stuff. So, um, yeah. so yeah, I, I, I really think it's it's done well. It's presented well. It, it definitely is a captivating film. The performances are incredible, which you would expect from this cast. <clears throat> um, yeah, it's, it's really good. I like how outside of the ring, every single person is fighting their own battle. You know, you have... Tom Hardy, who's fighting, you know, PTSD, you know, and what that means. You have uh, uh, Joel Edgerton, who's fighting the, uh, you know, uh, the war of, uh, I guess, poverty, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, the, to keep a roof over his family's head. And then you have Nick Nolte, who I think is given the best performance in this movie, by the way, who is given the battle of, you know, addiction, you know, trying to 
uh, overcome his war with addiction and uh, trying to win his family's love back. Um, that, for me, Nick Nolte alone is why I think that this is one of the great... It's in my top 100 movies of all time, by the way. Um, why I think that this movie is elevated to something more than just a, a fight movie that you mm -hmm. would see. Not that I'm saying that fight movies are bad, but, like, but they... All the great fight movies, you look at Rocky, uh, you know, I could just list them all, but uh, they all have something else to say besides, you know, fighting, you know. L look at Creed. Creed is one of the best fighting movies of all time, and it says a whole lot more than just uh, uh, outliving your father's shadow, you know. it's yeah. They all have something amazing to say, but I think Warrior is on another level because it's all within the realm of fighting something outside of the ring while also being inside the i guess the octagon i should be saying sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah. good stuff yeah it's a great great movie Fair uh, enough. so your number three now my number three uh is not one of the first movies you'll probably think of when you think of the word war uh but it is in there and it's mm -hmm. onward uh pixar's most recent uh release we've talked yeah. about it several times review honorable is fairly mention. recent uh on this what's that it was on honorable mention for me oh okay cool cool yeah uh yeah producer phil in the in the comments said i love it when one of the guys has a movie in his top five that's not even on the other's honorable mention list uh i think he's referring to the 13th warrior uh since i didn't have that on my honorable mention oh do you uh, send phil your honorable mentions i don't oh well there you oh. go there you go uh onward Sorry, is phil. uh onward is absolutely great and it mm -hmm. is uh i think lost a little bit to the beginning of this year um and everything that was going on around its release i totally understand that um, but talk about uh, s dealing with sibling themes and brother themes. Uh, that yeah. is, that is kind of, kind of our theme, uh, the last, last couple movies here, but this does it in a really, really not only fun way, but meaningful way. And boy, do the tears flow, uh, when I watch this movie. So it has a, a lot of personal meaning to me in other ways as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I really dig this movie. I think it's a ton of fun and very meaningful. Has your love for this movie grown since yes. you first saw it? Hundred percent, yeah. And I loved it when I first saw it, but yeah. I, I've you know I've watched it maybe four times now, maybe five. Um, and it, every time I love it even more. So. Something that I I I, I noticed because we talk about this movie quite a bit recently, we keep forgetting to mention how funny this movie is. It's so funny, yeah. It's so funny. Oh, yeah. it's the. Uh, the uh, the prop humor in this, you know, with the dad, uh, <laughs> you know, the top half, and uh, uh, the stuff with the van, the galloping uh, van, yeah, the galloping van, yeah. It, there's a whole bunch of or or the dragon at the end, you know. There's a whole bunch of stuff on top of the brilliant emotional stuff that you get out of this movie. Mm -hmm. But I think that yeah. we have done a disservice to not mention how funny this movie is. It's mm -hmm. great. It really is. Yeah. No 13th Warrior, but it's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's your number two? Uh, this is where I have Infinity War. Yeah, I'm going to have to not trump you, but uh, tie you. Uh, we both have this at number two, uh, okay. apparently. So, yeah, let's talk about it. What do you got? I think it's the best MCU movie. I think it is. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I, I know uh, the first Avengers will have, always have a place in my heart, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and Endgame, Endgame is a it's a spectacle. It's something to you know when you see it on the big screen. It's a whole bunch of oh, I can't believe this is finally happening. But I think Infinity War has the most emotion behind it, and the fact that it's not 
an Avengers movie. It is an Avengers movie technically, but it's a Thanos movie, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's the journey of him trying to... What he's... He... I, it's going to sound awful, but let me get through it and you'll see it'll make sense what I'm about to say. What he's saying and what he believes, you know, about, you know, ending, you know, he's doing what he's doing because he believes it's right and not right for a bad reason, but right because he thinks he's helping, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and that's what makes it so interesting to see somebody whose view of what, you know, compassion is is in sacrifice, you know, is what he believes for the greater good. So it's not like a villain <clears throat> in uh, Endgame, which is a... I think the Thanos in Endgame is a completely different uh, Thanos than sure. what you have in Infinity War, because I think in Infinity War he feels more like a prophet as opposed to a warmonger, you mm -hmm. know, like this... And I think know, that's intentional. I yeah. that's intentional. At the very beginning of Infinity War, he takes off, like, after he beats up the Hulk, he takes off all of his armor. And he never wears that armor for the rest of the movie. He's just, you know, a bare, you know, a being who is just like, I am done fighting now. Now mm -hmm. is the time for me to help you, you know? Right. Um, there's a lot of, you know, emotional punches, and there's a lot of, you know, great dynamics between different characters. Initially, when I saw this movie, I hated the interactions between Doctor Strange and Tony. Oh, yeah? But after watching this movie hundreds and hundreds of times, I, I get it now. Because I thought that it was, you know, uh, I didn't like initially how it was, you know, two overconfident, cocky, brilliant minds going at it. Mm -hmm. But now I understand that it's needed, that, that conflict... Because if they had worked together cohesively from the beginning, it would have been a completely different movie. Hmm. But it's that conflict and not being able to see the bigger picture that leads to, you know... Yeah, I do know. You do. I do know. Because um, the movie happened. I agree with everything <laughs> you said, uh, other than I'm not sure it's my favorite MCU movie, but it is definitely up there. Uh, I I think it is, um, it's a very compelling story for me. Um, Instead of talking more about Infinity War, which we've talked about uh, a bunch, I'm going to ask you a question that could lead to a deeper discussion, but we're going to cut it off and make it quick. Um, okay. Do you think the way it appears that Marvel and DC, for that matter, are embracing the multiverse, is this going to make the MCU movies better or worse? Or is it going to stay the same? Multiple choice. Instant. I am going to go with <clears throat> stay the same, but in a different way than what I think you might mean. It's okay. not going to be... It's not going to make it better, but it's not going to make it worse. But I think that there's a level of greatness to the MCU movies right now that um, the multiverse is going to add. What I, what I get by that, what I mean by that is the addition of Fantastic Four, the addition of mutants, mm -hmm. you know, the addition of all that greatness. But I think the level of excel excellence that a lot of these MCU movies have is going to stay the same, if that makes sense. I think I'm with you. I think because I think what makes the uh, the team up aspect of the Avengers, which, by the way, uh, you know, a cinematic universe, they, they basically pioneered it, um, mm -hmm. be, you know, is is the understanding of the connection of the movies in the content already. And so since you're already hitting that out of the park, as long as you keep doing that, you can figure this other stuff out. Um, there is an aspect of concern to watering it down, possibly. By because now with the multi see the thing is multiverse kind of like time travel is a get out of jail free card we yeah. can have we can have Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark again you know like it's 
It's, There's something to talk about there in the news recently. So, yes. So, anyhow. Have you heard about that? Yes, but we're, we're going to shut we're this gonna... down now. I just wanted to kind of get your uh, initial instinct, and I think I'm right on the same page with you. Okay, uh, so, yeah. what do you got at number one? Do we have the same number one? Uh, mine's not in the universe, but it is in a galaxy far, far away. What is your number one? Empire Strikes Back. Oh, there's no war in that. Star Wars. Yeah, Empire well, Strikes Back. I mean, fine. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's a good movie. I've heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> did, okay, here's a question. Did you count Star Wars as, like, did you think the, using Star Wars would be cheating if you could just pick one? Yeah, I, well, no, I just, the only one I, I would have counted in my mind was actually Star Wars. Hope. Uh, because the the Star Wars colon thing was added after the fact, so yeah, yeah, but it's fine. It's fine. Everybody knows what you're talking about. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that gives away yeah. my number one, and we can talk about them together. But my number one is Star Wars. Uh, yeah. So I I do enjoy uh, the War yeah. of the Stars. Um, yeah, I'm right there with you. It's uh. So what is it? Would you? Okay, here's a question for you. If mm-hmm. you would have opened up Star Wars to the colon, I guess you could say. <laughs> if would, you would have opened up your colon, no, what? Yeah. Wait, what are you saying? Uh, would uh, A New Hope still be your number one, or would you choose something uh, else? This is the question, isn't it? You could it go to my uh, best movies of all time on my letterbox and answer that question in that way uh, if you wanted to. Um, but that was put together, you know, ten months ago. Um, so things change, feelings change. Um, I know this is this might hurt a little bit, Andrew, but uh, uh, Last Jedi may be my favorite Star Wars movie right now. Um, so, so yeah. So I, I don't know that uh, <laughs> it would have been either <laughs> New Hope or Empire Strikes Back. Of the two of those, probably in the same way, I think Empire Strikes Back is a better movie. In the same way, I think Last Jedi is a better movie. Um, I think they're doing more. Uh, the, the themes are a little bit deeper. They're not just doing, you know, space battles and lightsaber fights. They're doing something extra, uh, and I like that. So okay, yeah, yeah. you live, you live, you live your truth. And, <laughs> That's right. Uh, That's right. Yeah. I'll express my truth. Yeah. <laughs> you, you if express I, if yours. I'm going to put Thirteenth Warrior on my top five list, you can have Last Jedi. Um, I will say, I need to say this during the live show. Uh, We do have many people who are operating the production of this show, some of whom don't last uh, like The Last Jedi and had the audacity just to post comments to all of our platforms uh, that The Last Jedi isn't a Star Wars movie. Some of those say my name behind them, and I must clarify, that is not me. That is somebody else uh, who is uh, commenting for us uh, on the site. (laughs) Do they share the f- same first name as me? <laughs> they might. They, <laughs> they might. might. They might share the same first name as you. <laughs> yeah, I like that dicer. That dicer's got some good thinking going he, on. He does. He does. Yeah. He's got some good thinking. Um, I guess uh, we didn't really talk about uh, a new hope at all. So is it just the spectacle of it all, like growing up for, with it? Yeah, you for know? me, it's it is the it is the seed, right? And I mean, mm. Star Wars has become a thing. Uh, uh, this huge conglomerate thing that i still love uh that i'm very disappointed in how like the the final three movies were handled like a like that still blows my mind i could talk about that for hours just what a mistake that was and people who love last jedi hate last jedi can usually agree that that whole thing was mismanaged and mishandled uh they should have they should have never gone into it without an overall plan that's just the thing they should have had somebody like a feige who knows what's going on knows where it's going knows the overall character arc 
and then let the directors play within those beats. Instead, they let the directors decide where to take the story. And because of that, Ryan Johnson thought he was taking the story somewhere, uh, you know, from Abrams launching off that. And then, you know, Abrams came back and said, no, I was actually thinking this. So, you know, just like planning, plan, plan, plan. So, um, but aside from all of that, you go back to the seed and the seed was space battles, lightsaber fights, um, cool stuff I'd never seen before. And it just, you know, it's a seismic movie. It changed movie making. It really did. You know, it, did you it, say uh, you were, when were you born? I was born two years before the first one came out. Okay. I was born in 75. So, I think the first one was 77. Okay. Um, maybe it's just a, a generational thing uh, because I like, don't get me wrong, I like A New Hope. I think that, you know, growing up, the effects were great. But I think that the story took off in Empire Strikes Back. Maybe that's why I just, I like it more. And also uh, the good guys or the bad guys win, you know? Maybe that is also the reason why I like Infinity sure. War. I like movies where, you know, the un... I think that the ending of Infinity War is predictable, but the just the quickness of how it ends, you know, is kind of the same as Empire Strikes Back, where, sure. you know, it gets his hand cut off, I'm your father, fall down a hole. Bad things are just going all around in Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. And uh, it's just like, wow, you can end movies like that? I didn't know you were allowed to do that. I thought that was illegal. Um <laughs> But uh, no, I think that uh, from a story standpoint, I think Empire is really where the Star Wars saga took flight. Yeah, I think so. you're right. I think you're right. Uh, uh, here's some choices uh, from the chat. Uh, some okay. will be in our honorable mentions, I'm sure. Uh, yep. This one was in my honorable mention. Uh, Mark says, The Chronicles of Narnia, Lion Witch in the Wardrobe. Um, oh, yeah. I forgot about choice. those movies. Uh, Mark also says, Warm Bodies. Uh, not a bad choice. Uh, Sonic Screwdriver says, my number one is easily War Games. Shall we play a game? Yep, that was uh, honorable S- mention. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Uh, yep, honorable mention. Is definitely one you can mention as well. What are some of your other honorable mentions, Andrew? Uh, Homeward Bound, An Incredible Journey. The movie makes me cry every time. Yep. Mad Max 2 Road Warrior. World War Z. Do you yep. like that movie? I love that movie. That was another rewatch I did this year. Yeah, it's uh, that's just a, a hopeless feeling movie um Mm -hmm. one that i almost uh was thinking about putting in my uh top five it was really close but war for the planet of the apes yeah me too that was really close for me too yeah uh you mentioned war of the worlds and uh one that uh i don't think a lot of people have seen just because it's an animated movie but i'm gonna go with justice league war a very good Ah, uh, dc animated film very good one uh, and those are my honorable mentions. What honorable else mentions. Uh, did you mention Charlie Wilson's War? No, uh, I, sh- I thought about it, uh, but I just don't remember enough of that movie. I just remember Philip Seymour Hoffman was very angry. Very angry in that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's uh, all I remember. Another Spielberg movie, War Horse. Uh, oh, I hate that movie. <laughs> uh, the Warriors. Um, Captain- I have not seen that movie. Captain America Civil War. That was worth mentioning. Um Cold War, which came out last year and got nominated for Best Director, and uh, it's foreign film. Um, worth checking out. And then uh, War of the Buttons. Do you remember War of the Buttons back in the day? It's a cute that little movie. familiar. And then finally, Edward Sil- S- Scissorhands. Edward Silverhands. S- S- Silver <laughs> Scissorhands. Edward S- Scissorhands. S- Scissorhands? Scissors. Scissorhand. 
Scissors. Scissors war hands. Scissors hand Edwards. Edwards Scissors hands. <laughs> yes, there we go. Fine. Uh, I have not seen Nailed War the Buttons. Nailed it. Uh, so there you go. There's our honorable mentions. Uh, we're ready to head on to the buried treasure. Yeah. Andrew, what uh, what's that one thing in any area of pop culture that we want to make sure uh, people know about? You want me to go I'll first? Let, yeah. All right. I'll go first. Uh, I finally got around to seeing the new reality show competition show called I Can See Your Voice. Uh, this is Ken Jong. Uh, it is on after The Masked Singer now. And this, the concept to this show is uh, basically you have six, I think, maybe more than that to start off with, but it's somewhere around there, vocalists, supposed vocalists, and then a contestant tries to identify which one is actually a good vocalist. And they have like a celebrity panel of like musicians and experts, that kind of thing. But each round, they do a different thing. Like uh, they'll lip sync to what is either their own voice or a fake voice that's good. And so they'll do a lip sync. And each round, you try to get rid of the bad singers, not by ever hearing them sing. And so then the reveal is like once you pick one then they actually sing and you get to see if they're a horrible singer or a good singer. And you want to end up with a good singer at the end and win $100,000. So it's here's what I like about it. First, I think the concept's fine. But what I really like about it is how quickly this show moves. There's always a revelation going on, something that's happening. I feel like so many reality shows stretch out like results and, you know, uh, we're going to create tension. Uh, America's Got Talent is the worst at this. They'll do an hour-long results show to tell you something that could have you know, told you in five seconds kind of thing. And this show seems to have every five minutes a big reveal because they're revealing whether somebody can sing or not sing. And I really like that. It really keeps me engaged and keeps me interested in what's going on. Um, so I find it funny, fun, interesting, uh, because it's also got that play-along thing where you're like, hmm... I think I know which one's the bad singer and which one's the good singer based on how they lip synced or, you know, this this series of facts that they said about them or whatever the case may be. So it's interesting. It's fun. Hmm. Okay. You can check it out or not. Totally up to you. On CBS? <laughs> uh, it's on After Mass Singer, which I think is Fox. I think it's on Fox. Okay. So, <clears throat> yeah. What do you got, Andrew? Uh, I am going to go with a movie that came out back in 2014. I totally forgot it came out, but then it popped up on YouTube, and I was like, oh yeah, I like that movie, and nobody saw it. It's a movie called Frank, starring Michael Fassbender and Donald Gleason and Maggie Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. Have you seen this one? I, I have. It has been, it's, yeah, was that like, what, t- 2014, 2015? Yeah, 2014. I can't, it was right around there. I remember getting the um, screener, screener for it, and just being like, what is this? And uh, And then watching it, yeah. Yeah, very weird movie where uh, Donald Gleason is just uh, a zombie, not in the literal sense, but like a zombie at work. He goes through the motions, you know, he just, he hates his life. And then he comes across this band who is just totally out there, totally against, you know, what people would consider, you know, you know, modern good music. They just do their own thing. Mm-hmm. And their front man, played by Michael Fassbender, is a guy named Frank who always wears this giant paper mache head and he uh, never takes it off ever and he is kind of this shining light for not only Donald Gleason's character but everybody else in the band uh it 
because he just he's full of positivity and wants to, you know just make everything beautiful and happy. And after rewatching it uh, before this, I didn't realize how much this movie is trying to bring awareness to uh, mental health. Because mm-hmm. sure. not only Frank, but multiple people in this movie, you know, are dealing with uh, mental health issues. Uh, how this movie is actually ahead of its time in dealing with the negative effects and uh, uh, self-destructive uh, abilities of social media, mm-hmm. sure. which I really was, I totally forgot about. <clears throat> yeah. But uh, also, but I think mainly it's a movie about finding out who you are and uh, trying to, uh, uh, I guess you could say, trying to involve yourself or uh, push yourself into something just because you love it. Just because you love something doesn't mean that you own it or get to take part in it yeah it's a it's a really good movie uh i don't know if it's for everybody but i i think it's a great great film no i'm glad you brought it up it's definitely way under the radar and it's it's something that i think a lot of people would enjoy so and not everybody just like you said i don't think everybody's gonna love this but there are plenty of people who will enjoy a movie like this and so it's nice to give that little bump it's that's a uh that is the um the uh the the definition of buried treasure uh right there you know digging something up like that so yeah good call frank very nice yeah well we did it man yeah we did we set out to do a podcast and we made it happen yeah we didn't uh we ran through a cloud of feathers and sparkles (laughs) and came out the other side wearing a a a black uh 2d printout of somebody else's head (laughs) yes yes something like that is exactly what happened Uh, thank you so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out today. Thank you, buddy. Uh, thanks to Phil for producing the show. Thanks, Phil. Thanks to uh, Andrew for doing some artwork and those kind of things for the show. Appreciate that as well. Much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Support starts at three bucks a month. You get access to all the bonus episodes as well as some other fun perks. So you can check that out at patreon.com slash siftpop. Lots of ways to connect with us. Feel free to email us, feedback at siftpop.com. Leave comments, rate, review the podcast at uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. We'd appreciate that very much. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too. So let them know about it and that listening is much easier than executing a full front assault, uh, front flip assault on trampoline dodgeball. Uh, we will catch you next week. Um, is next week... Next week is the Trial of Chicago 7, I think, right? I think that'll be on a Netflix next week. So yeah. Is that next week or is it two weeks from it now? It might be two weeks. Whatever the case, we'll find something to chat about with you. We look forward yeah. to it. We'll see you then. Bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.